Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, January 5th. When conversing with people, try always to talk with them, not merely at them. It's a very um, important and interesting aspect of communication. It has to do a, a lot with whether or not you are thinking about the importance of your own ideas or whether you are thinking about communicating with someone else. You know, it's a lot of times people... And I mean, I myself, of course, because I'm a person who presents words and ideas continuously, either in speaking or writing. It's primarily what I do. So I'm, I'm very conscious of the complicated balance between really becoming clear about what you want to say, putting into the words that actually express it. Um, you know, all the, um, sometimes if you're the kind of person who who processes and clarifies their own thoughts um, verbally, out loud, then sometimes you have to kind of develop your idea even as you say it and correct it perhaps as you go along or you catch an inspiration and you, you um, get it correct there. And so it's, it's a question of whether or not you're just fascinated with your own ideas and you're trying to get them just right or whether you're actually thinking about the people that you're talking with as to whether or not these ideas are meaningful to them, but, excuse me, whether the ideas are useful to them, whether it's clear to them, or whether they're just like the wall and you might as well be sitting in an empty room. As a public speaker, um, the way Swami Kriyananda trained us, he, he talked a great deal about how the ideas that you communicate are secondary, or let me phrase it differently, the real medium of communication is a transference of energy, especially a transference of vibration. Vibration is about consciousness, your level of consciousness, and understanding is dependent upon our level of consciousness. Earlier in uh, this month, we were talking about how what Swami said, and I believe it was on January 1st, he said, try to solve every problem by raising your level of consciousness. And in that dissertation I was talking about how Master said ideas are universal and not individual, that, that ideas exist merely as vibrations of consciousness in the cosmos represent cert, representing certain levels of understanding about the nature of reality. And when we are our level of consciousness, which is to say our vibration, is at a certain level of refinement, then everything that is perceivable at that level of, perf of refinement is perceived by us. And if somebody expresses an idea to you that elevates, that seems to elevate or clarify your level of consciousness, you will only be drawn to even have it expressed to you, whether it's through a book or through another person, and you will only be able to understand it if, if your vibration is ready, is either already at that level or is lifted by the magnetism 
of the person you're talking to or whose book you're reading, that their magnetism actually draws you into attunement with that vibration and you're ready to move into it. So that's why when you read something that seems really true to you, it often comes almost more as a revelation. It's more like a recognition than a learning. This is the whole, the whole meaning of calling the whole spiritual path self-realization. It's not self-acquisition or self-education. It's realization because when we really know something, it's, it's, the vibration is familiar to us, so we recognize it. So when, a per- when you're communicating, now I'm talking about spiritual ideas, and I'll stay with that for a little bit, but then we'll bring it down to all kinds of communication. It's, if it's an idea that you already know, that I already know, and I'm just saying it out loud because I like it or because I know it, what, what does that serve someone else? Why am I even talking to you about it? And this is the point that Swami is trying to make here. When you communicate with people, you have to actually care about communicating with them. They can't just be your audience for your opportunity to declaim. And this is what many people do, even in, even in the most informal conversation, even just sitting at a dinner table. People will just take, take the microphone, so to speak, whether there's literally a microphone there or not, and, and they will talk at people. It's like you're sitting there, I want to speak, I will talk at you, Com- communicating with you, which is to say connecting with your vibration, feeling what your needs are, feeling who you are, and offering something of myself a- as a shared experience with you is quite different than just holding forth. And many people in the world just hold forth and they think of that as conversation, or they think of that as communication, but it isn't. I, I often s- s- sort of see it um, when Swami Kriyananda, coming back to this, has talked to uh, those of us who have responsibility for public lectures, you know, for being in a, um, a lecture hall or a church or a temple, wherever we might be, and talking to a group of people, whether large or small. Swamiji has always talked about the first most important thing is to is to fill the room with your vibrations, with your magnetism, to give your magnetism and the way we're trained to think about it, it's not our magnetism, it's, it's the inspiration that comes through us, and to feel that it's that on that subtle level that you're sharing. I've had some very interesting experiences with Swami Kriyananda, who was really a, a, a brilliant, articulate, entertaining lecturer. There's countless... Um, YouTube videos, videos all over the internet, so the fact that he's off the planet doesn't keep him from communicating with us, so you can see him in all different settings. But he was a a wonderful communicator, and I remember once particularly when he was giving a lecture to a a large room, it was about 300 people, it was the temple that we have here in Palo Alto, and when when he would come through, usually on his way to or from a country outside the USA. Um, he would often stop and give a program here. We, our temple, even though it was spacious, was only large enough. We would we we never did public advertising for him, except on rare occasions. The very last time, actually, what turned out to be his last 
public talk in America in September of uh, 2012. We advertised and then we had to go over to a much larger hall than the one we had. But mostly we would just pass the word among our own people and then our 300-room temple would fill. So it was one of those days when he was there. And I, I was listening to him quite attentively, as I often do, and I often listened with my eyes closed because I was conscious of the fact that it was his energy I was trying to receive as well as his thoughts. But I became aware of the fact, and I, I just have to tell you that this is how it seemed to me. I felt that Swamiji put out his vibration first, and then when the, the, when the vibration had begun to expand from him, then he added words. That the words came after the feeling of the vibration. And the words were an attempt to, to help us um, receive the vibration by having sort of some something for our minds to do. But I could I could feel it I could feel the vibration come into me first and the word would follow. It was it was fascinating to me and extremely uh, helpful in terms of my understanding, you know, how to do what I try to do. Because sometimes I have observed myself and I have observed it in others. I, I just the only way I can say it is that we're sort of talking to our own minds. And it's like the words, I see the words come out of our mouths, my mouth, someone else's mouth, come out of our mouth. It gets about six inches away. Then it kind of gets sucked back up into the frontal lobe of the brain. And then the next idea comes out. But it, it, the energy never goes far enough to actually really intersect with anybody else's vibration. It's literally just a sharing of thoughts, almost for my own entertainment. And um, I, I don't need to include myself because I'm, I do I do this, but it's not it's not my habit. I've seen it be the habit of others. Where it's almost like you're watching your own ideas from your own brain, and you you put them out in words, and then you watch them, then you take them back in, and you send them out. Actually, there's a perfect that's a, a a perfectly fine thing to do if you're a thinker, if you're a philosopher, even if you're an author. In the books that I've written, I I I enjoyed I immensely enjoyed the opportunity to be all by myself. And, and simply to say what I wanted to say as clearly and dynamically as I could say it. Now, I was also talking to someone when I would write, when I write. I'm also thinking about somebody who's going to receive it because I'm not, I don't write for my own edification. It's not a diary. It's a communication. But nonetheless, when you're writing and there's no other individual in the room with you, you can hone your ideas just so. And then Swami talks about after you get your ideas clear, the next stages of writing are to work with the rhythm and the vibration of it and the magnetism so that it will communicate. Because just being clear does not create communication. What creates communication is magnetism and vibration. And magnetism and vibration involves, well, I, the feeling level is what I would say. I mean, there's there's technique to it also. Swamiji writes about rhythm and word choice and emphasis, the, the placement of words in a sentence and the color and the feeling of words. All of that really matters. That's why I find Swami Kriyananda's books are so powerful is because he's made, he's made his expression of his thoughts um, vibrant, vibrant and magnetic. So I hear, I see the thought, but what also comes into me is magnetism. 
Swami himself, when he read Autobiography of a Yogi, he was 22 years old, living in New York City in 1948. So this was not like, you know, post the 60s when all of this was so common. It was, he was, it was extremely rare and odd for a person of his education, his social standing, to leave everything to go be with an Indian guru in Los Angeles, California. It just wasn't done. But Autobiography of a Yogi had such an impact on him that he completely turned his life up and down, upside down from when he opened the book to the time he closed it. And when he said to Yogananda, when he met him in person, and Master asked him, how did you like my autobiography? And Swamiji just said, it, it, was, it completely turned my life upside down. And Master responded, that's because it has my vibrations. And Swamiji said, when, when Master said the word vibrations in 1948, all Swami could think of was something you might stand on that would move and shake your body. He just It's just like the idea of vibrations being a subtle force <clears throat> that could inhabit a book was just a thought that Swamiji had never even considered. But as he developed as a spiritual teacher and as a writer, he also began to understand that if you were, if you were talking with people, even if you're talking through the written word, through a book, and you're, you're not anywhere to be seen, you might not even be on the planet anymore. If you have been talking with them and filled that book with your vibrations, then people will receive it completely differently than they would the same ideas, but expressed without that intention behind it. So this is what Swami is saying. You know, if you ever find yourself... I. I have had this experience both in conversation and also in, in uh, lectures when I'm talking or giving a class where I suddenly feel myself losing touch with who I'm talking to. And the way it feels to me is that I feel like I'm suddenly backing up and that, that I'm talking down this hollow tube. And there's this long hollow tube in which my my words are just kind of banging against the empty sides and maybe a little bit dribbles out at the end of the tube and the poor souls who are trapped in the room having to listen to me just receive nothing because I myself have gotten lost. Either lost, I've lost my train of thought, I've lost my intuitive connection with the source of my inspiration, which I take Yogananda's words to heart. Thoughts are not individual, they're universal. So when I'm speaking in the circumstance or all circumstances, I'm, I'm not just trying to drag up from my own subconscious reading, memory of reading ideas. I'm trying to connect myself with the right level of consciousness, with the right vibration that I think is appropriate to share. And when that connection slips, or when I forget that I'm talking with someone and they just become incidental to the words that are coming out of me, I feel myself, as I say, as if I'm backing up and trying to get my meaning out through this long, hollow tube. And it kind of begins to rattle around. And even if the room is full, it rattles around as if the room were empty, and it rattles around as if my brain was empty. And then I know at that point, whatever else I say is not worth saying. And it's necessary to, to make the connection on both sides before anything that comes out is worth saying. So what Swamiji says is, when conversing with people, 
Try always to talk with them, not merely at them. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.